Joel, Joel chapter 1. We're going to walk through Joel. We're going to do the whole book in one night, right? We are going to walk through it a little bit, but we're not going to read it all, I promise you. Joel chapter 1. Joel chapter 1. Old Testament prophet, yes, with a New Testament prophecy. Some of us began to take place on the day of Pentecost. Much of it is yet to come. And it speaks to then and it speaks to now. And there's some of it that speaks to our future. Joel chapter 1. Joel chapter. I'm giving you just a minute to find it. It's okay because it's scrambled and all. A bunch of little prophets that are hard to find sometimes. Joel chapter 1. And this is the word of the Lord that came to Joel, the son of Pethiel. Hear this, you elders, and give ear all you inhabitants of the land. Has anything like this happened in your days? Or even in the days of your fathers? Maybe I'll just ask that again before I read any further. Hear this, you elders. I, I guess I'll go ahead and say, hear this, Mag Church. And hear this, elders of Mag Church, me board members, Sunday school teachers, mag kids, ministers, Royal Ranger leaders, girls club leaders, nursery workers, bus drivers that we don't have but we will have, people that's thought about being any of those things, things that, that are coming, hear this. Hear this, you elders. And give ear all the inhabitants of the land. Has anything like this happened in your days? Well, let me ask it this way. Have you ever seen anything like this? Have you? Or even in the days of your fathers, have you ever seen anything like this? Tell your children about it. Let your children tell their children. And let their children tell another generation what the chewing locusts left and the swarming locusts have eaten. What the swarming locusts left and the crawling locusts have eaten. And what the crawling locusts left and the consuming locusts have eaten. Awake! Do you know that there's always been a cry in a time of trouble for God's people to wake up? Amen. To hear and to tell it and wake up? There's a progression I just read, what the chewing locust and then the swarming locust. And it says, and what the swarming locust and then the crawling locust and then the crawling locust and what the consuming locust. There's a progression of devastation 
that, he's, that he is writing about. And I'm telling you, we are looking and watching a progression of devastation. A progressive, and that is the right word because that's what they like to call it. And it's amazing how things that are progressive are so recessive, destructive. Everything I've ever seen in years that called itself destructive or progressive was a wrecking ball that consumed everything in its wake. Here, you elders, (laughs) inhabitants of the land, have you ever seen anything like this? Tell your children about it. I want you to notice something. It doesn't say hide it from your children. Cover your children. Eyes. It says tell your children about it. Let your children tell their children. And let their children tell another generation. Awake, you drunkards, and weep. And well, you're all drinkers of wine because of the new wine. For it has been cut off from your mouth, for a nation has come up against my land, strong and without number. Its teeth are like the teeth of a lion, and its fangs are the fang- of a fierce lion. And he has laid waste to my vine and ruined my fig tree. He has stripped it bare and thrown it away. Its, branch- its branches are made white. Lament like a virgin girded in with sackcloth for, for the husband of her youth. A grain offering and a drink offering have been cut off from the house of the Lord. The priests mourn and the ministers of the Lord. The field is wasted. The land mourns and the grain is ruined. The new wine is dried up. The oil fails. Be ashamed, you farmers. Well, you vine dressers. For the wheat and the barley, because of the harvest of the field, has perished. Do I need to stop and describe? The vine is dried up. The fig tree has withered. The pomegranate tree. The the palm tree also. The apple tree. And all of the trees of the field are withered. Surely joy has withered away from the sons of men. Chapter 2. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm in my holy mountain. I'll just tell you tonight, I came to sound the alarm. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. Let me tell you, in the first chapter he wrote and described the very condition he was living in, but he described a future spiritual condition. And in chapter 2, he is talking about a time that we have yet to see. The day of the Lord is coming. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble. For the day of the Lord is coming, for it is at hand. A day of darkness and gloominess, 
a day of clouds and thick darkness like the clouds spreading over the mountains. A people come, great and strong, the like of whom has never been, nor will there ever be any such after them, even for many successive generations. Verse 12, Now therefore says the Lord, turn to me with all of your heart, with fasting and with weeping and with mourning, and rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and great in kindness. And he relents from doing harm. He knows if he will, if he will turn and relent and leaving a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Consecrate a fast. Call a sacred assembly. Gather the people Sanctify the congregation. Assemble the elders. Gather the children and the nursing babies. Let the bridegroom go out of his chamber and the bride from her dressing room. Let the priest who minister to the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. Let them say, spare your people, O Lord. And do not give your heritage to reproach that the nation should rule over them. Why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? I think I'll read just a further then the Lord will be zealous for his land. When? When you've came with fasting and mourning. When you've sounded the alarm. When you've called the sacred assembly, gathered the people, sanctified the congregation, assembled the elders, gathered the children and the nursing babies. Let the bridegroom come. Let there be weeping between the porch and the altar. I'm going to tell you, read what it's talking about to us this generation. Mac Church, he's talking about the people before the day of the Lord. He's talking to this generation. And it's not a casual thing at all that he is describing here. It, you can hear the brevity even as I read it, the heaviness of what is needed in a day like you've never seen. He says, then, when, after those things we just talked about, then the Lord will be zealous for his land and pity his people. The Lord will answer and say to his people, hear that again, the Lord will answer. Over here, the Lord will Answer. <laughs> God help us. The Lord will answer. Behold, I will send a grain and a new wine and oil, and you will be satisfied with them. 
I will no longer be a re- I will no longer be a reproach, make you a reproach among the nations. But I will, will remove far from you the northern army, and I will drive them away to a barren and a desolate land, with his face toward the eastern sea and his back towards the western sea. And the and the stench will come, and the foul odor will rise, because he has done a monstrous thing. Fear not, O land, but be glad and rejoice. For the Lord has done a marvelous thing. Do not be afraid, you beast of the field. For the open pastures are springing up. The trees bear its fruit. The fig tree and the vineyard their own strength. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has given you. He's just talking about a time that is yet to come. For he has given you. Somebody say he's given us. The former rain faithfully. And he will cause the rain to come down on you. The former rain. And the latter rain in the first month. The threshing floors will be full of wheat. Let me help you, lest you're confused. Do not say that it is four months until the harvest. But I say unto you, lift up your eyes, for the fields are already white unto harvest. He said, the threshing floors will be full of wheat, and the vats will overflow with wine and oil. Listen, listen, right here. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts have eaten. And the crawling locusts, the consuming locusts, the chewing locusts. My great army which I sent among you, you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be put to shame. Then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. And I am the Lord your God and there is no other. I am the Lord your God. It says they will know that I am the Lord your God and there There is no other. Hallelujah. My people shall never be put to shame. And it shall come to pass afterward. That in that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Even Baptist sons and daughters. The old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants. I will pour out my spirit in those days. And I will show wonders in the heavens. And in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The moon shall be turned to darkness. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon into blood before the coming and great and awesome day of the Lord. 
I, listen to me, Mag Church, before I even move on, because there's a lot, there, when you get to this point in Joel's prophecy and in Acts chapter 2 when it is fulfilled, I, I believe we've spent way too much time and doctrine and theology talking about the, the, the next of it we won't see. Now listen, I am, I, I'll tell you straight up, I am a, I am a pre-tribulation believer. Don't be confused. And I won't spend any time on why I'm a pre-tribulation believer. I believe you can get to heaven when you're wrong on some things. But the reason I believe that wholeheartedly, besides proof texting for you, is because God has never, not one time, poured out His wrath and His judgment on His own people. Whether it be the family of Noah that He put on an ark, or the family of Rahab that He pulled out of Sodom and Gomorrah, Many or by few, he never, when he poured out, when the death angel passed through the land of Egypt, everything that was under the blood survived. While every, he has never, not one time, we can argue scripture all day long and you can proof text me to death, but God's character would have to change for him to pour out his wrath on his church. He has never done it. And he never will. But I want to tell you something. The moon shall be turned to darkness. The sun shall be turned to darkness. The moon to blood. It says before the coming, that, that coming of that great and awesome day of the Lord. And I have dug and I have dug and I have dug and I have dug and I have dug. And I can't find anything that can prove to me that some of the things that he describes here will, will be after rapture. Because it doesn't say that. It just says before the great and awesome day of the Lord. Just before. Because it comes right back to this. Because this happened at the cross when the resurrection and with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Because see, I, that before the that has stuck in my brain for years now, but hear me. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. In the mountain of Zion in Jerusalem, and there will be deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the remnant. Of whom the Lord calls. Unless you get confused in replacement theology and think it's just about the church or just about the Jews, Jesus made a way for there to be one new man. And when he spoke to his, his I will tell you that it's talking about to my people. You say, all that Joel stuff is to the Jews, it's to Israel. It's amazing how that, that, that on the day of Pentecost, the day the church was born, By the way, that none of the prophets seen. There's not a prophet, not a, not a prophet that saw the church. The day the church was born, when Peter stood up, they were wondering, remember? What's going on? Are these people drunk? Acts chapter 2. Are these people drunk? They thought they must be drunk. Peter stood up. Oh, Peter stood up and said, these people aren't drunk. 
like you think, as you suppose. See, and it's just 9 o'clock in the morning. I want you to hear this part, and then, I'm gonna, then we're going to talk a minute. This, on the day of Pentecost, he said this, this is that. which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. This is that. This is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. Man, it was about there this morning. We were about there this morning. I've been in services that if this isn't that, this will do till that gets here. <laughs> yeah. But this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. Heavenly Father, I need your help. Thank you for your word, for it is already anointed because it's you and it's yours. Lord, speak through us tonight. Speak to us tonight. Every word you would have said and nothing you would have that you would want to withhold. Lord, speak to your people tonight. Punctuate it with the power of your anointing and your presence, we ask you tonight. In Jesus' name, we ask it. Amen. And amen. I'll tell you straight up, I did not have it on my calendar this week to have a defining moment. I don't know that I've ever had a defining moment that was on my calendar. I planned things that I thought could be a defining moment. And maybe they were good, but they're normally not planned. I didn't plan an epiphany or a light bulb or a switch to be thrown this week. Didn't see it coming. But this has been that kind of week. I, I come to talk to the church, to the ministry of this church and the church, to the staff, to its board, to its teachers, to its parents, to its children. Have you ever seen anything like it? The locust, the chewing locust. That's what it started out. It's just gnawing on everything. I can remember when, 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 when the powers of hell were just, it, it hadn't come out of the closet yet, so to speak. When, when, when the things that are happening in the open today among elected and among church leadership and everything would have never, they, they could have never got elected. If they'd have shut, they may have been that, no doubt they were, but they couldn't show it. Then it started to swarm. And then it started to destroy. I can, I can mark some dates. I'm going to tell you that June of 2015 was a game changer in the world. Any, anybody in this house knew what happened in June of 2015? Anybody? Somebody tell me what happened in June of 2015. 
Say it louder. In June of 2015, the highest court in the land of the most powerful nation in the world decided that it could shake its hand, its fist in the face of God and redefine God's very creation. If December of 1943 or 1941 was a day that should live in infamy, then June of 2015 should have been far above that because it was the day that everything changed. I'm going to tell you it was the day that the floodgates opened. It was the day that everything changed. You can call it hate all you want to. But whether you are for it or against it, it changed everything. Before you call it hate, while you're marching in the streets, you are, you are marching in your parades and your pride, celebrating the very day that I said changed everything. It changed everything. It was when it, we went from a knowing and a swarming to a consuming. I can tell you, the reason you have never seen anything like it is because nothing like it has ever happened. You say, well, the Netherlands done this and Sweden done that. The Netherlands and Sweden are not the most powerful nation in the world that has led the world for 247 years. They're just not. And all the while, the church was asleep or playing games. And I think I can say that it's scriptural because when he begins to talk to you about what's going to happen, he says, because you've never seen anything like this, tell your children. And tell them to tell their children. And tell their children's children to tell their children. Why? Because it needs to be screamed from, blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm in this holy mountain. You got to tell it. You got to say it. How do I know that the church has been asleep? Because the prophet said, Awake, you children of Zion. Awake. Church, I come by to talk about some things about the, really broadly. I didn't come by to call anybody out, but I'm going to talk about us all, including me. I didn't call by to, come by to rebuke. I come by to call us to awake and to come back to a serious place to call the solemn assembly, to, call, to proclaim the fast, to weep between the porch and the altar. It's a call to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ starting with this one. Somebody say, Amen. And if you can't, say, Oh me. Staff of Mag Church, expect immediately a change of, of the order of the day. What do I mean by that? We have jobs to do, conversations to have. That's all part of the job on a day-to-day -day basis. But expect to be in the Word of God. 
Expect to pray. Expect to pray together. Expect to pray together. Expect to have devotion together. Expect a unity to come around the Word of God, staff of Mag Church. Staff of Mag Christian Academy. And we are not going to call ourselves a Christian school if we don't behave like a Christian school. We, we, we've always taught godly principles. Our, 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 our morning prayer meetings will not be cute little, now I lay me down to sleep prayer meetings. If we're not going to be a Christian school, we're going to do something else. I'm calling, I'm not calling out or rebuking. I am calling us higher because it's absolutely necessary. You should expect, we should, you should expect to train and to be training. Be preparing ministers and ministries as, as the staff, the leadership of this church. Our, we should be here to train and raise up ministries and ministers and to train them in the way to reach people, including our own, starting with our own. To the board of this church, Mac Church, you have a great board and have ever since the day I've gotten here. There's never been a dispute. There's never been a heated argument. There's ne never anything of the sort, not even close to it, ever since I've been here. It's not, it's not a calling out. It's not a rebuke. It's not anything. It's not anything other than where we live and the time we live. You've never seen anything like it. And we didn't elect you to hold a position or to approve new members. That's all, that's all side things that come with the position. You're a leader. You're a leader. And let me tell you, Board of Mag Church, you are leading whether you realize you are leading or not. When you are, the day that you, that you accepted the responsibility, all eyes turn to you whether you realize it or not. People notice when you're here, they notice when you're not here. They notice when you're not here, they want to know why you're not here. We all go on vacation, we all do things, we all have jobs, some of us are shut down, all of that things, and that's all fine. I'm just, I'm reminding you of who we are is that, is that people are watching you and you are leading whether you even think about it or not. The leadership of a church should be a praying people. I'm not saying you're not a praying people. This is a real, the leadership of a church should be a praying people. They should be a serious people. The, let me tell you, we make financial decisions. We make expansion decisions. We make all those kind of decisions. But if we're not, if we're not put, laying everything on the line to reach everybody we can reach, starting with our own, then we have failed. It's a call. It's a reminder who we are and why we even exist. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm on the holy mountain. I'll say it again. I'm thankful for the leadership of this church. In fact, I can go amongst preachers and I listen to the horror stories about the leadership of their church. I have none. And I'm thankful to be able to say that. I'm calling, I, I, I put, was put in the, the uh, call to the highest office of this body, and it's my responsibility to call us higher. Amen. 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 
Most church problems are caused because their leader will not call people up higher. Expect more from body of believers. Don't expect more from your pastor and your leadership than you're willing to give. Do not expect a holier life out of me. Do not call me out on my shortcomings whenever you are dropping the ball too. That's scripture. Do not expect more from your pastor than you expect from yourself. Because the Bible draws no distinction between the believers other than that the teacher has a higher, a higher judgment because if he teaches it wrong, people are going to crash. But you have the same responsibilities. That's faithfulness to the Word of God, to a prayer life, to knowing when there's something that when you need to stand. It's a responsibility to go out into all the world and preach the gospel. That for long, too long, you've heard me say it a dozen times the last few months, this book was never about the pastor and the evangelist and the prophet and the, and the, and the apostle and, and the teacher going out and evangelizing the, the community. They are called, the five-fold ministry is called to stand and equip. The things I told you that we talked about, the, the five-fold ministry is called to preach and to teach and to train and to raise up the body of Christ to go out into the world to preach the gospel. Mag Church, if you think I'm going to let up, I'm not going to let up. It is at Mag Church. It is it's at your job. It's at your family. It's at the grocery store. The power is in the gospel and the command is to all. It's not a suggestion. Go you, ye, Brother Maddox says, go ye is not a Chinese missionary. It is a command from the, from the one who paid the price. And he says that missions is not going, it's not crossing the seas, but missions is seeing the cross. All of us. Mag Church. You have a calling. We have a calling and a responsibility to this area, and it's not going to come casually. You realize when I preach like this that I just put all eyes on me. Do y'all know that? If, if I don't back it up with my life and my spiritual life, then it's rhetoric. It's no more than a, than a, than a keynote speech at a, at a political convention if I don't live it, if I don't demonstrate it, if I don't teach it. When I say these kind of things, it raises the bar to the highest level and expectation of what you will expect from me. If I let it fall and hit the ground, you will let it fall and hit the ground. I do not intend for it to hit the ground. I intend for us to stand up and be who we're called to be. That requires more than casual prayer. I'm thankful for Sunday afternoon prayer meetings and Sunday evening prayer meetings. There needs to be more than that, but it needs to be at home, and it needs to be, it needs to be part of just your DNA of who you are. I told you last week that when you armor up, that prayer is not just a weapon. It's not even the weapon. It is, the armor is our protection. The sword of the, the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit is our, what we go on offense with. Prayer is not the weapon. Prayer is the battle. Prayer is the battle. Prayer is the battle. Prayer is the battle. Somebody hear me in this place. 
Prayer is the, the battle. If you're not praying, you're dressed up. If you're not praying, you're like the little girl standing in her mama's high-heeled shoes and her big dress standing in front of the mirror, combing her hair and pretending to be Barbie or pretending to be a princess. You're just dressed up. Prayer is the battle. Souls will be won or lost when we pray. Strongholds will come down or stay up and be built. Strongholds never stay the same. Somebody hear me. Strongholds never stay the same. They're not neutral. They're either pulled down or they're reinforced. The walls get thicker and higher. They never stay the same. Strongholds have to come down. The battle has to be fought. Pray, prayer gets preached about, talked about, discussed. It just needs doing. I'm going to tell you, every time I, when Mag Church begins to pray, Mag Church begins to see things happen. It's demonstrated over and over and over and over and over. Expect more. I'm going to tell you right now, expect more from your leadership, including me. Expect more. Staff says, quit talking for me. I get to talk for you. Expect more. On every level, expect more. Staff, board, teachers, expect more from yourself. Right now. Start it. Right now. You're a leader. Well, I didn't really know that that's what I signed up for. Well, you did. So lead in the right direction. Amen. I, I don't know how many much requirement I've ever laid on leadership around here. There's some, there's their standards, believe me. But here's something. There's some things I've neglected, and I owe an apology. I told board in a text this week. That there's things that I have failed this church for four years that I owe people an apology for them. And one of them is, is really something that I, I can't even believe I would say about myself is I've had a low, uh, I call it the, 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 the soft bigotry of low expectation. So we can, there's, been, there's reasons, there's things that I couldn't have got done until now. There's times it wasn't even the time to get it done until now. But I, I can make some confessions if I could. There's times that I didn't preach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit or have the altar call for it because I get, ti- I get tired of no response. That's not on you, that's on me. Because, because I've got tired of no response. And you know what that is? That requires repentance because that is sin. That's sin. When a leader doesn't lead, and I'll remind you what I said in Sunday school because of Scripture, listen to me. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. There should be not only a, a demonstration of the Holy Spirit in a, in a Pentecostal church, There should be an expectation of people seeking the baptism in the Holy Spirit in a full gospel church. My sign is not going to be a lie when they change it to Mauriceville, all gospel church. 
It's not a slogan. It's not a bumper sticker. It's who we are. There, there, it, it is an expectation. There has to be a demonstration of the Spirit. Listen to me, moms and dads and, and people. There will be no change in your children or this generation or this situation unless it's done by the power of the Spirit. If you're in any position in this church, that includes mopping floors, then you should be baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And if you're not currently, you should be absolutely 100% seeking until you receive because it's God's plan for you, for the church, and for every believer. And I say, well, well, after, well, I'm seeking. Are you, a seeker shows. Blessed are those which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And I'm going to tell you, I have never seen somebody that was hungry that I couldn't tell. I've never seen anybody that was thirsty that you could hide it. It's a, I, I, if I, ha, I, pretend with me. That's a plastic bottle, but tonight is a gauntlet. I'm throwing it down. Believers in this church, every, it should be the, it should be the harsh desire of every person in this church, leadership or no leadership. But teachers, board members, staff members, all the way down, you should be baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues or actively seeking until you receive. Period. Because that was God's plan for his church. He never, listen to me, he, I'm not, that's not denominationalism. In fact, that, that, has been, that, secretary, that secretarian lie that has been perpetrated on the church, that the, the, the biggest thing the devil ever stole from us was convincing people that the power of the Spirit of God was not for today. And creeping into denominations and affiliations that actively teach that it ended with the apostles. Now listen to me. That's an argument within the family. You can, go, you can go to heaven, you can be saved without being baptized in the Holy Spirit, but it was never God's plan for his church. And the doctrines that teach it, I will say it plain, the doctrines that teach it are false. Period. If that offends you, that's all right, because I'm, this is what I'm going to ask you to do. Say, I love my pastor. The ones that are mad at me, say it right now. I love my pastor. That's not that. I'm just that. I just threw that in because that's not what I'm going to ask you to say. I just threw that in. I love my pastor. Now, I don't know. Don't repeat that. Now, now I don't know. <laughs> now I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I'm. Uh, <sighs> it, it may not be good English, and it may not even be good theology. But if you think it's not for you, and you're saved, and you're saved, if you're saved, you know you are. Unless you're self-deceived, no. It, well, that could be true. 
But if you're saved, his, his, spirit, his spirit, which is the Holy Spirit, bears witness with your spirit that you're a child of God. If you're saved, you're a candidate. Simple as that. Now here's what I want you to hear. This is what I want you to do. Tonight and from now on, until. How long? Until. Until. And just in case you don't believe me, just because you were raised in a situation where my mom and papa and pastor and Pastor Poo Poo told you that it wasn't for you. Don't believe me and don't believe Pastor Poo Poo. Or Dr. Dumbbell. Or even Sister Papoofni. That spoke in tongues but cussed in English. That was meaner than a junkyard dog. I'm talking to you. Here's, here's, here's the little iffy part, but I, but I think the, the gist of it's legit. I double dog dare you. I double dog dare you to get serious with God and pray some crazy prayers like this. I'm talking about with a hungry heart, with faith. Are you hearing me? Man, I've seen people pray it, and I've seen it mess them up. When I say that, I mean in the best way. Because here's something, here's something I know. Get serious with him, he gets serious with you. You say, Father, I'm asking in the name of Jesus, because that's the only way you can get to him. That's the only way you're coming in. So you might, Father, in the name, I'm asking you in the name of Jesus. And here it is. Whatever you have, that's for me. I want it. Amen. That's it. Because you know what's going to happen when that, when that heart gets hungry and you begin to pray that way? You're going to get him. You know how I know? Because you come down too late to tell me otherwise because you have done been there. I've done been there. I've done been to the well. I've done, I've done felt the river flow. I've done seen it in action. It's for you. And I'll go ahead and tell you that most of the things that's holding you back is fear and pride, or both. Fear and pride. What's my mama going to think? Your mama ain't going to think nothing whenever her grandkids are living for the Lord the rest of their life and you don't ever have to bail them out of jail because the power of God hits your house and you, and you begin to change it. Your mama won't think nothing. My family won't talk to me. You didn't like to talk to them anyway. It'll be all right. Then when you, you know what's going to happen then? Let me tell you what's going to happen then. Then you're going to start praying in a way that you've never prayed before. I'm losing some. If you, if you come into Mag Church and you think that JR is going to get over this Pentecostal experience, then you're probably going to, you're either going to have to be patient and just live with it the rest of your life, or you're just going to have to leave because I ain't leaving. Because I'm not going to shut up. Because the promise is unto you. By the way, your children. <laughs> all those that are far off, even as many as the Lord your God shall call. And I don't find an end to it. I ain't going to take time to blow up the stupid arguments that are, I mean, it, 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 doesn't, even, it doesn't even take really anybody that can read it, something in context to blow up the, the high-degreed arguments about, against the baptism of the Holy Spirit ending with the apostolic age. 
Help me, Scott. <laughs> it's amazing how great teachers can be until, it, until they get up against the things that they have to explain away. Are you still with me? I'm talking about blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm in the holy mountain. I'm talking about it's time to get serious and consecrate ourselves to God. Separate. It's time. It's, it's time to walk into this auditorium one day of the week. Or I'll let you in anytime you want in. <laughs> it's time to come in. When I walk in and I, and I come in and I think, what is that? See, I, I grew up walking into churches and I think, what is that? And then after a little bit, I think, oh. You know, I, I can tell you right now that to this day, I could walk into a building and if Sandra Wiggins was in somewhere praying and she, was, and, she had, and she had caught herself up into the third heaven somewhere, I could tell you who it was and I could tell you what it sounds like. I could tell you from a half a mile away what it sounds like when somebody that's full of the power of God has hooked up, has, has made the connection to heaven. It'll change everything. You're... I'm going to preach it until you believe it. Because you know what? Faith comes by hearing. And hearing comes by the word of God. And everything you're ever going to get from God, you're going to, get, you're going to receive by faith. I'm going to preach it until you believe it. I'm going to preach that Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus delivers, Jesus baptizes in the Holy Spirit, and Jesus is coming back until you are absolutely worn out with hearing it. Because Jesus saves Jesus heals, Jesus delivers, Jesus baptizes in the Holy Spirit, and He is coming back. He's coming back. I'm going to talk about our kids. I'm not after anybody. People on a text thread, I already had this on my mind before I got the first text, so just exhale. All right? We have sold our children short. We've sold our children short. The scripture, it, I could go through from, Deut from Genesis all the way through, and I could talk about in Deuteronomy, where G when, when God gave the promises of the law, he said, teach your children. Teach your children. Teach your children. Teach your children. When you get up here talking about the things that you've never seen before, what's on this earth, he says, tell your children. Tell your children. Tell your children. He says this gospel is so simple that a child can understand it. I'm going to tell you, he says, that your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. He said, I will pour it out of my spirit on all flesh. How much flesh? All flesh. I'm going to tell you, he said, when they tried to bring the children to Jesus for the things that Jesus was doing, the, the disciples rebuked them, tried to rebuke them. You remember? And Jesus said, whoa, bring the little children to me and forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of God. I'm, and I'm going to tell you why. Listen, I, children's ministry has been reduced to babysitting is what it's been reduced to. It's been reduced to babysitting and entertainment, and they need neither. They need the Word of God 
the truth of God. They need, we, they need, they need to be saved by the time they can write their name is what they need to be. They need, they need to be speaking in a heavenly language by the time that they get to the first day of class where somebody tries to teach them that boys can be girls and girls can be boys. Because I'm going to tell you something. I come to be real tonight. I come to be real tonight. I come to be real tonight. Again, hear me. Jesus talked in parable and things that people can understand. I intend to do the same thing. Justification is not a hard subject. They need to know what it is. Sanctification is not a hard subject. They need to know what it is. Baptism in the Holy Spirit. I've seen people all of my life baptized in the Holy Spirit by the time they were five and six years old. All of my life. You have too. This church has been sold a bill of goods and we bought it, believed it, hook, line, and sinker. Right now, can I ask you a question? Have you seen anything like it? I asked at the beginning, have you ever seen anything like it? Ever. That was the beginning scripture, right? He said, have you ever seen anything like this in your generation? How about your father's generation? Have you ever seen anything like it? He said, tell your children. Tell your children. And tell them to tell their children. I'm going to tell you what we've been duped. Right here in Mauriceville, America, I wish y'all would understand it and get it and turn, and, and turn the light on that your little schools right here in this little area is beginning to teach their little, your little precious babies about sex and sexuality and boys and girls and girls and boys and, and the birds and the bees and the bees and the birds and the, and the bees that have stingers. The, 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 the birds that have stingers. Or the, what is it, the, 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 the bees that think they're birds but they still got a stinger? I'm talking about your babies. And by the time we decide that they can understand the gospel, they've learned everything else. Every, they have learned. While we think they don't get it, this world knows they do. I'm going to be real a second. I go to y'all's games all the time. I have, I have boy, kids that are coaches. That I, it, I'm talking in parable here. I want you to understand. I'm trying to get the light to come on. We are teaching our children at three, four, and five years old the fundamentals of ball games. And expecting them to, form, to perform like they, are, like they are trying out for a scholarship to a Division I school. Don't tell me I'm lying because I've been to the games. I've seen the fights. I've seen the discussions. We expect them to know how to hold it right. We expect them to know to be, by the time they're doing coach pitch, we, we expect them to be swinging for the lights. We expect them. I, I've, seen at, I've seen at Little League right here, rule discussions, complicated rule discussions with kids. Am I right or am I wrong? But the word of God's too complicated. So, blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm in his holy mountain. I'm not wrong. 
I can tell you places we've dropped the ball. That, that, can I tell you, as long as I'm on a, as long as I'm in striking range, and as long as I've already got you holding your breath, this book addresses everything that we need. And the church all of my life has approached sex and sexuality like it's taboo and weird. And the world holds back nothing. Oh, we can't teach that, Pastor. Pornhub will. Go ahead. Yeah, Pornhub will teach them. Go ahead. Oh, we can't talk about that, Pastor. Parents can be upset. Not as upset as when their 13-year-old baby is pregnant by some grown man that they met on the Internet somewhere in a chat room because people were too stupid to take their, their smartphone away from their 12-year-old. And I, I, if that offends you, that's just how it is because it's stupid. You're not ignorant anymore. You've been told and you know that it's right. I'm calling us back to a place of real. I'm raising the bar staff and leadership and church. Whatever the Word of God addresses, we should feel free to address as the Word of God addresses it. No rebuke. No challenge other than to challenge us to return to the Word of God and quit playing catch up. We arguing over people, if people can, if Jesus turned the wine and the, the water into, into dinner wine. While we're burying our kids and bailing them out of jail. And on their fourth marriage, by the time they're 25, I, I didn't come to play anymore. Sunday school teacher, children's leader. Well, let me, Lauren and Amy and Katrina have done a wonderful job with our kids. They love them. They love them. Thank you. Now, I have failed you because I haven't equipped you to do what can be done. And let me tell you, you can make a difference. You can make a difference. You can make a difference. If we will stand up and teach these kids what the Word of God says from this age, we will never have to unteach them what the world is teaching them. I want to stop and ask you, if I don't say another word tonight, I want to stop and ask you, do you know it's true? Do you understand that it's true? That you, do you understand that Mag Church has been called and is being equipped and is appointed For a move of God. 
trying to change. I am tired of being a thermometer. It's high time my church become a thermostat and change the temperature. It won't be easy. It won't be overnight, but some things will turn with enough G-force to make you dizzy because it's going to change. Every children's leader, every teacher, I commit to you before this congregation and before God, we will equip you. But I need you to get a hungry heart and get it, develop a prayer life beyond what you've ever had before. Seek out the power of the Spirit of God. Listen to me. All over this house. All over this house. Get the word of the Lord for that day, whatever you're doing. I don't care what the Rangers guide says, the curriculum says it's supposed to be this week. Seek the, the mind of God for that class, for that week. I don't care what the missionettes curriculum, whatever they call it these days, seek the mind of God and do that. Sunday school teacher, seek the mind. If you're picking up your book on the way in and reading it, you have not sought the mind of God. Seek the mind of God. As a matter of fact, all that curriculum is probably about to go in the trash because it's mostly junk. It's mostly junk. If we have, if we have to do children's ministries in Sunday school that looks like nothing anybody's ever seen or done can I ask you are you ready to do that are we ready to do that Mac Church I'm asking you it's not a rhetorical question are you ready to do that can I hear a few more things while I'm swinging can I even put some people on the spot I'm not going to embarrass you I'm just going to ask you a question, and then I'm going to ask you to respond to it. That's what churches do. That's what they're supposed to do. Because I'm going to ask you, and then i got some things to say. If you, if, you, if you have ever been, if you're, if you're saved, if you're saved, you better be saved if you're teaching our kids. Now, kids, if you're in this body... If you have ever before been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, I, I'm not, that's the qualifier. That's the biblical qualifier. The Holy Spirit not, is not tongues, but the initial physical evidence of the baptism in the Holy Spirit scripturally is that you speak in other tongues. If that's you ever, even just if ever, if that's you, I want you to just stand up. You can stand up, but stand up 10 seconds. Now you can sit down. There's a reason I'm asking that. Because Mag Church has a, has, has, has a 10-foot thick stronghold walls built around it if that many people in this room has been baptized in the Holy Spirit and we still have and we still have services where people can sit and not respond to the word they can't worship freely 
that can't, that doesn't know to respond to an altar call, that doesn't go come in deep around other people and lead them to the things of God. I don't know if strongholds, it's neglect on ministers and ministries. Some of it me, some of it the years before me. It's flat out, straight up spiritual neglect. That there's that many people in this room that are baptized in the Holy Spirit that we worship like a nominal church. So that may challenge you. That may make you upset. I, it doesn't even matter to me anymore because it's true. There, the, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I'm not talking about weird stuff. I'm not talking about goofy stuff. I'm not talking about the extremes of anything. I'm talking about that it shouldn't be a challenge to stand up and, and worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It shouldn't be a challenge to, for there to be a roar of praise whenever, whenever it meets the Word. It should, it should be an automatic response and when people come to the altar that the people of God respond with it. It should be when people are called for, to salvation, we should be able to lead them to Jesus. Whenever, they're, whenever they're, it, it's not praying, over it's praying with this is big I'm telling you this is probably the biggest thing I have ever had to say from this pulpit tonight it will not happen it does not happen casually or on its own it's purposed When I had people stand up, it wasn't to embarrass the people that could stand or embarrass people that couldn't stand. That was, it's just for me. And if you have never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're not a second-hand Christian. You're not a, you're, you're, you're not a second-rate Christian. You're a Christian. You're not a second-rate. You don't have a second-rate salvation. You're saved. You don't, you don't, you're, you're not, you're not back-burner Christian. You're a believer, but there's more for you, I promise. And I'm going to preach it until you're hungry. I'm going to preach it until you're thirsty. I'm, I'm never going to stop. I'm never going to quit believing. And I'm going to tell you, in the world and the environment that we are in, you're, it's not going to break through if you're, not, if, you don't have, if you're not operating in the power of the Holy Ghost. It's not going to. It's not going to. Because it was never intended to. If nothing else in the coming weeks, staff, the corporate prayer together, one of the first things is going to be that God would create a hunger in the people of this church for the things of God, number one. Among that is that God would send a fresh outpouring of the power of his spirit. Number one. Souls. Say, why is souls not number one? Because before Jesus told you to go into the world and preach the gospel, he told you to stay and tarry until you be endued with power. He never intended people to go until they stayed. Hunger for the things of God, the power of God. Souls. I'm talking to staff, and I'm talking the rest of you, please, by all means, Get hungry and join in. Souls, hunger, liberty. I keep using that word. Have, I, have you heard that word a lot lately? 
this morning. It was wonderful. I have no complaints. I'm not. Does everybody in this house know that this is a cry of a heart and this is, and this is, this is urgency? And this is absolute. Does everybody know that? I'm not reliving glory days. Some of you may think, well, you just keep bringing all these people from Arkansas. I know Jeff and Misty from a stage across a uh, uh, church that seats 2,000 people. I've never been to their home. They've never been to mine. We've never had a one-on-one -on -one conversation until January of this year. I haven't brought my cronies to Texas, but they have the same DNA. The maintenances that were here this morning, they pastored my home church and came out of that church. I have 30 years with them. They were on their third cancellation before today became the date that they actually got here. I'm not bringing my cronies to, to, to live the glory days from my past in Arkansas and to make MAG Paris Assembly or Van Buren Assembly. Van, Paris Assembly and Van, and Van Buren Assembly are their own church, their own body that, do, that does things their own way. And every time it happened there, it's because people got hungry and God poured out His Spirit. And He will do the same here. And I'm going to tell you what happens. I'm going to tell you what happens when people get hungry and they get desperate for God and He begins to pour out and liberty hits a place you won't be able to build a building fast enough and big enough to put the people in it that'll come. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I am telling you, I've seen it too many times. I, I, I've lived through it too many times. You come late to, too late to tell me any difference. The things I'm asking for, prayer. As I said, when we pray, so I guess that's really number one because that's where the battle's at. We're going to pray for hunger and thirst for the power and the baptism of the Holy Spirit to, to be poured out like a wave on this place. Over and over and over. Not one time over. The order of the day. We're going to pray for souls. We're going to pray for the liberty that comes with the power of the Spirit to hit this place like a bomb. Not one service, not occasionally. It, I, I grew up in an atmosphere where it was where it was power and explosion every I'm not talking about fleshy goofy stupid stuff I'm talking about just where he came I'm telling you it's not guessing you wouldn't be able to, you won't be able to build a building fast enough and big enough for the people that will come you want to know how to change the situation. I'm telling you how to change the situation tonight. If you're hearing me, I, I got to say, there's some things you got to say. If you hear me say we've been doing it for wrong and everybody's done it wrong, and I, I'm telling you, we didn't know. I'm telling you, we got to catch up. I'm telling you, we bought a, we bought a bill of goods and we're, and we're, and we're returning the ticket we're gonna, and we're going to go with what the Word says. That's what I'm telling you. And I'm telling you, it's going to change everything. And if you want to know how it's going to change or in this area, when you bring them up from there all the way through and you never had to get them back. I'm tired of fighting to get them back. Because you know why? We're not. We're not getting them back. It's, that's, that's, we're not getting them back. 
And I'll tell you, before there was ever a discussion between the board in a text message this week, before there was ever a, a, a conversation between me and Kat, before anything, after the first night, I went home and I began to ask myself some things. And then I began to ask the minister some things. And here's what, I, what became real to me in the middle of the night. How many cycles of children are we going to push through? And when they go to school, that they never come back. They never come back. When they're teenagers, they may be acting right because you'll beat their butt and take their car and everything else, but they're living like hell in their high school. The things, things of God are not real to them. I'm at, this is real. And it's true. The defining question is how long, to me, this was in me, how long, how many more are we going to do that? Because I'm going to tell you, what we're doing does not work. It does not work. It doesn't work. And we all know the definition of insanity is to continue to do the same thing over and over and expect a different result. It doesn't work. Age-appropriate ministry? Certainly. Oh, by the way, I didn't know what we were getting this week either. If we'd have known what we was getting, we would have had probably another room for three- and four-year-olds, but the rest of them, it was right on their level. It wasn't advanced. It was right on their level. It was what they need. I'm tired of losing them. And I'm not going to. I'm committed. I'm all in. If you are. Well, I'm committed whether you are or not. But if you'll join me. If you'll join me. You can, there's no way I could prepare you for what will happen. I saw something this week. After all this, Brandon, come and play. Give some hope. After night one, I took Jonathan to lunch. Because I was, by that time, deeply. Hadn't them seen some? I've been deeply moved and disturbed this week. Is that right? Deeply. I asked some questions. I said, what does, he's been in children's ministry for 14 years. Been the children's pastor at Family Worship Center for the last six years. When he inherited it, it looked like every other children's ministry. Nobody, he says the guy that was called, it's not his step to youth pastor, then his step to associate, then his step to something great and to be on TV. His calling is to children's ministry. I said, who taught you this? Nobody. 
I began to see in my own life as a child and as a teenager what was going on didn't work. It was whenever I began to get into the real things of God that God changed my life when I was a kid. And we began to change things immediately. He said, children's ministry looks like a church. We have worship. We have a message, an object lesson, that's kids' ministry, and we have an altar call. We have ushers, we have altar workers, et cetera, et cetera. I said, that's all cool, good. Not everything in this can be replicated, I understand that. I said, what does it look like when they went through from 12 years old, what does it look like? Is this okay? What does it look like? The 12-year-old that comes out, what do they look like? He said, first of all, when they had a, 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 a when the, the change came from children's ministry, I started getting calls after they started coming out and they come into youth ministry. I started getting calls from the youth pastor saying, thank you. Thank you. Because we're not starting from zero trying to catch up. They're saved. So what does it look like? So when they come out, they know more word and systematically than 80% of the adults that walk in the door of the building when they're 12 years old. I said, what does it look like? Put numbers on it. What percentage of them are come out of children's ministry, baptized in the Holy Ghost? Listen to me. Because they keep records. 65 to 70%. How many of them stay 30, 13 years ago? How many of them stay through youth? And how many of them have stayed in church? Better than 60%. That's a long ways from 100%. But I'm going to tell you what. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's across the country from the church statistics today. Because approximately 90% never come back today. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't work. Tell your children. Pray for them. Teach them. Understand that they can, if they can understand what the school's teaching them about sex and sexuality, and they can. Hey, if they can come out at little Olympic performers, they do. If they can learn a game to be, to be playing in private leagues by the time they're 10 years old, they learn something real early. They can. Church, I believe. And one of the reasons I believe is because I've seen it. One of the, another reason I believe is because the Word says it. And another reason I believe is that, well, the reason I believe is the Word says it. <laughs> and there's nothing easy. Started out hot tonight, and you were with me. 
There's nothing easy about when it gets down to the reality. The personal challenge to say, staff, this is what we got to do. Deacon board, this is what we got to do. Sunday school teachers, this is what we've got to do. Roll ranger leaders, that, there's nothing comfortable about that. And the reason mostly it doesn't get done is because there's nothing comfortable about that. And I know churches in Arkansas that that's how pastors get voted out the next week and they get to leave. And by the way, that's what you'd have to do because I ain't leaving. <laughs> I told Heather the other night when I got home, listen to me. I told her, say, oh, I can say it so you, know, so you can know what you're agreeing to. The night I come home, the first night, when I talked about it, I said, this is a hill that I'm willing to die on. Did I say that? And my wife knows what that means. The first time I had a hill worth, that I was willing to die on was the very first week I came to MAG, and I told my wife that this is not going to happen. I will stand, and I, it will change. They'll leave, or we will leave. It was the only kind of conflict that's ever happened to me at this church, and it was the first week at this church, and I told Heather, I will not come under these conditions, and I will not stay this way. They will change, or they will leave, or we will leave because I'm not going to pastor this way. I'm talking about when I tell my wife, when I come home and say, this is a hill I'm willing to die on, she knows what that means. And you know why I say it to my wife and ask? Because she's my wife. <laughs> and if I'm going to say I'm willing to lay it all on the line, it's all on the line for her. Church, I'm willing to die on this hill. But you know what? But what I followed it up with, look at me. I said, but we won't have to. We won't have to die on this hill. Because Mag Church will agree. And it may challenge us. It may sting. It may make us a little sleepless and restless and all, all those things. But Mag Church won't, won't try to kill us on this hill. They'll stand with us. And, the, and you know what? It's going to be great. And all week for a little while, I thought I've totally failed in four years, but you know what I realized? I haven't totally failed. There's been a lot, and there's been things we couldn't have done until this point anyway because we've done all we can do I'm telling you, I hope there's, some, if there's one thing at the end of this. We're about to pray. Uh, there's one thing when after all of this that I hope that you can look at me and know that I've given and will give Mag Church my life's blood. I'm, I'm, I'm so all, I couldn't be any more all in. People, there's people that call me and say, are you fixing to go here? And I say, no, I'm not. Why would you think that? Are you fixing to go? Are you fixing to go to Baton Rouge? Are they, are they, are they trying to get, are they going to put you? Are you gonna, I'm, I get that call a lot. No, I'm not. I'm the pastor of Mag Church. That's where I want to be. I prayed for open doors and open doors help Mag Church. I am all in, fully committed to Mag Church, and you would have you would ha you would have to 
It would have to be mutiny on the bounty and an absolute rebellion and throw me out. And then I'm still going to fight for my life. You're going to have to kill me right here because I ain't going nowhere. But I'm going to fight for your families. I'm going to fight for your kids when you're not fighting for your kids. I'm going to say, if you, you, I, I warn you and you do things that are stupid. And I thought, man, that's, that's, Jeff, that's pretty tough to stand up when you and say that. I've warned you, and you're still doing stupid stuff. That's not how you get reelected, but I'm not up for reelection. And I'm not running for anything. That's one thing about it. I'm, politicians not in me. I'm not running for anything. I'm in. See, when you're willing to say things like that, you're in, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to fight for them even when you're not. Stand with me. Can I ask you, is it okay? And I've told you here a while back that it's probably never going to be an easy church to go to. Because what comes with the power that comes with the things that we will now expect, it brings the people, it brings the hungry souls, it brings the expectation, it brings the power of God, but it also brings the attack of hell. It'll never be, would you pick that for, for me? It'll never, it'll never be easy. And, and another reason it'll never be easy because we're in a church age where it's just coast and people, uh, dead fish float. I'll be real nice and tell you, I'll just say it this way, that sewer floats too and it just floats downstream. Those church, that's what it is. It's just dead sewer floating downstream. You're probably never going to, until the liberty of the Spirit of God. I'm, I'm, t- I'm trying to tell you there's things I'm just, I'm just going to expect. I'm going to expect us to respond to the Word of God and the power of God. And I'm going to call for salvation and baptism in the Holy Spirit and all those things, whether you respond or you don't respond, we're going to teach you to altar work, all that stuff. It's a commitment. And right now, we're going to call you to pray. Right now, we're going to call you to pray. Come on.